This Might Work, the epic business fail podcast with Scott Long and Peter Dunn. All right, another episode of This Might Work, starring Scott Long, featuring Peter Dunn. Scott, we tried this episode once. Uh, it was the Spanish flu, and it didn't go well, uh, primarily because it was on one of the worst days in the history of our world. Yes, it was we last Tuesday. Uh, I don't feel like yes. it's gotten a lot better, but you know, maybe there's been a little more clarity. Not clarity, though, in regards to why the hell would we be doing this topic to Peter Dunn. So go ahead and ask the questions. Why are we doing yeah, this topic? It was, yeah, why, why are we doing this topic? If, if this might work, what, what didn't work about the Spanish flu? It sort of kicked everyone's buttocks. First, I, look, our show, if you haven't heard it before, is fun. It's all about fun. We're silliness. It's uh, the uh, new Coke. And the silliness of a wild chip that has leakage from your uh, buttocks and yes. all c kinds of different things that are fun. That's what this show's about. It's not too serious, but at the same time, you hopefully learn something or two. Hopefully we learn something or two. I just didn't feel like in the middle of a pandemic, I could go that direction, especially when I have a person who's really smart about economics. And, you know, every day we see a press conference and uh, the press conference, they don't ask Larry Kudlow. What's his job, Larry Kudlow, uh, part of the cabinet? You He's know, just an economic advisor for the president, I believe. Right. They don't ask him about his uh, opinions about the medical problems of each person. But somehow, somehow... Uh, I think Dr. F uh, Fauci, is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. Uh, you have been really busy this week, and I'm going to jump away from this a minute. And it's been really hard okay. to narrow you down because you're like the most like impossible. I mean, you have an incredibly difficult schedule. You kicked off this new uh, launch for your business, and and you're giving uh, great uh, two o'clock. You, you go on Facebook and you tell people, tell people about how to handle maybe their finances. And you're helpful there. Uh, you've yeah. had no time to give me to do this stupid podcast. Uh, weirdly, yeah. though, I've done three podcasts with Dr. Fauci during that same period. Oh he my finds gosh. time. He finds time. I don't know how he does it. I'll, I, I'll give you a link to that later. Well, it's because he's invited to every other press conference. Every other. Yeah. When so, he's not in the doghouse. So, the topic, so the topic, I chose this because I feel like we cannot make fun of what's going on right now, at least publicly. You know, you can do it privately. I think that's fine. There should be some gallows humor. But you know what we can make fun of? The 1918 what? flu. Everyone's gone. They're, 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 and, and I'm going to tell you things that are going to make you feel better about where we're at now. That's what I want to do. I want to bring up 1918, just the crazy world that it was. And I hopefully it'll make you feel better about where we're at now and where you don't have to worry that 40 million people are going to die like what happened uh, in 1918. But it doesn't mean that you want to repeat the same mistakes that they made. So that's my goal with this podcast. The last one we tried to tape last week, you were pretty good, though you were tired. 
I was not tremendous. I was not tremendous. I was not 10 out of 10. Uh, I was not very good. And uh, this is important stuff. And I just felt like "Mm, you can't fail as much as I did on that. So here we go. 1918 flu. Let's go to 1918. How about that? All right. We're in 1918. Go ahead. Okay. And this is mostly focused on the United States, but people will be like, well, why did all these people, how did it really, why did it, here's what really spurred everything to the level that it reached. And that was, there was a world war uh, that was just in world war one. And we sent a lot of people from a bunch of countries, a lot of men and including this country. And there was a massive spread that was going on. And the governments were not at that point about to say, hey, everyone just hold up, uh, cower in your own room, because uh, there was a world war going on. And they were afraid the other sides would exploit that to the point where in the United States, Woodrow Wilson never once, once mentioned that people should do anything. He never released any statement about the influenza. 40 people, 40 million people died in this world. And he never even discussed it. He never told people they should have to do any kind of like uh, social distancing. That wasn't his thing. He was about winning World War I, trying to get a whole new kind of world order in his opinion. And what's kind of interesting about that, you're like, wow, he must sound like the worst president ever. I looked up. He's ranked about 11th or 12th. <laughs> so I guess he was good at a lot of other stuff. He just kind of whiffed on that. Who's, okay. who's doing these rankings? Like a, like a Mel Kuyper? Like who no. does the president? <laughs> no, it was not Mel Kuyper. It was not Casey Kasem from the, uh, no, it was not the billboard charts. It was, uh, you know, C-SPAN. It was uh, U.S. and world news. I look these up and he is between 10 and 12 in every ranking, every ranking. So huh. then who was Dr. Fuch- uh, F- Fauci? Who was Dr. Fauci, Fauci. in 1918? Who, who was that? Um, I'm going to go with, I have no idea. I mean, probably a doctor. No, uh, there, there were no real famous doctors at that time because doctors okay. just, they, they they weren't, they didn't really know what they were doing. It wasn't their fault. They just didn't really know. You know, the most famous doctor at that point was Dr. Pepper. I don't know. And I don't know if Wilson reached out to him. I do believe Mr. Pibb was in the uh, White House at the time, though. I don't, I don't know that for a fact. But, uh, That's beautiful. Okay. See, we're going to try to do some of that, okay? I'm going to try. And, and you jump in whenever I've got way too many facts and I'm, I'm feeling very, I'm feeling very stressed. Uh, yeah. that like, I, I kind of feel like the vice president right now, vice president Pence, where I feel like a lot of stress that I might say something that somebody might not like. And, uh, okay. but I'm not as calm as he, but I am funnier. Okay. I'm funnier. I'm going to hope. All right. I'll be mother. You'll be uh, vice president. Pence. <laughs> okay. Oh, Michael. So this Spanish flu, that was uh, one of the names for it. Started in 19, the spring of 1918. People are, soldiers are coming back from other countries. And it was really a different time in 1918, spring of 1918. It didn't matter. 
85% of men over the age of 14 then were in the labor force. So let's get to the economics of 1918. That means that you know about 14, 15% of people that the uh, men that were over 14 were actually in school. It was just a different okay. time period. So, hey, seems like we're in a better time now. Do we feel better about maybe our lives now a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, economically, as of February of 2020, things were pretty good. Really low unemployment. Yeah. No wage growth, but things were good. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, average worker worked 55 hours per week. Uh, that was just... Oh, that's no good. That's pretty high. And uh, here's one that was really rough. Jobs at the time were 30 times more dangerous than today. 30 times. I mean, there was no OSHA. Uh, do you know what OSHA? What the... Uh, Occupational the Safety Hazard Association? Or health. Safe and Healthy. No health one knows. Academy. They just fine you if you fall off a ladder or something. <laughs> Does OSHA ever come down to your... Uh, you know, just be for carpal tunnel. No, I mean, check no for carpal tunnel. <laughs> just when I'm banging my head against the wall and the market's falling 2,000 points, they'll step in and be like, I don't think that's an approved wall to bang your head against. Just that. So, yeah, totally. And I don't like th this is a podcast that we usually don't have uh, any kind of like you could listen to it at any time. And please go back to the other ones where it's just light and fun. And we learn funny things about Netflix and Blockbuster. And remember those glorious days, Pete? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Those were fun. Those were fun. And uh, maybe they'll come back. Maybe by Easter. I've heard that's a possibility. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So let's talk about the economics. The last time I, I – the first time we tried to do this – I gave information from Mother Jones, and okay. uh, I don't feel like Mother Jones was totally on things. I started doing more research, and the the flu of 1918 basically was the third or fourth most cataclysmic economic event of the last 150 years. Okay. The, uh, number one was World War II. World War II... Uh, brought GDP down by 8.5%. Now, these are world, world figures. So think about Germany, think about France, think about England. They basically were just destroyed. Those countries, you know, they, they were just uh, rubble. You know, it's, it's amazing. They're only down 8.5%. Uh, but the flu did uh, bring down the uh, real per capita of GDP uh, by 6%, this uh, 1918 flu, which if people aren't aware of, it ended in the summer, but then it came back more deadly. Its most deadly period was September to January of 1919. That part probably not making people feel better and feeling. Can I fun. play the, can I play the role of the Spanish flu on this please, show? Please. All right. Hold on. I've got an idea. Hold on. You're not the hey, Spanish the flu. Oh, no. Of the Spanish flu. Wow. I'm, gonna, I'm coming for you. Oh. In the fall and the spring. And I don't know why people call me Spanish flu because it seems, you know, a little bit xenophobic. It was because it, it wasn't really based in Spain. 
uh, I don't know who it was. I, I didn't know that actually. No, no, it didn't even, it's look, it's not even like, you know, you could try to pin something on China, like some people try to do, which I don't feel is uh, sure, which doesn't seem right. Move. But I, go ahead. Yeah. I feel, but there's some, there are some factual elements to that. There's really no factual elements to calling it the Spanish flu. I mean, it didn't, I didn't know that. I j- thought just it originated, originated in, Spain. in Spain. No, no, it didn't. It didn't. Um, really? And the first I learned cases something today. Uh, happened in Kansas in the United States. I'm in Kansas now. Ooh, sorry. That's like a scary part of Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Had that been in the Wizard of Oz, I understand all the panic from Dorothea, yeah. but she was sort of freaking out over a storm. I mean, sure, it's a tornado and they are in Tornado Alley, but the Spanish flu seems scarier. It was. It really was. And it was scary to the point where, as I mentioned, doctors didn't really know what they were doing. One of the uh, stories I read about this uh, seemed like pretty factual journalism was in those times, here's what they would do a doctor. A doctor first would tell you, well, let's, yeah, let's both drink some whiskey. And then sure, let's, I just uh, did that. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then um, they would next try to do some bloodletting. Okay. And if that didn't work, they'd give you an enema. And, uh, I, uh, I have, I, I've been there during this period so far. I'm not going to get into specifics, but I've not tried bloodletting yet. So, uh, that's where we're at on regards to that. Now, do you feel the pressure that I'm feeling? Cause I, I look this up and not only did real per capita GDP go down by 6%, but consumption okay. rate went down by 8%. Now, what do those things mean? Do you know? I know this sounds Well, like I'll just say that sounds really bad until you enter the next 45 days of our existence on this planet. Right. Where do you think uh, that's what that would be? There was talk that GDP could dip 25% in the oh next quarter. Right. <laughs> I know. You know, those 6% numbers are bad. Like you hear them and had you given those to me three weeks ago, I'd be like, wow, those poor non-Spaniards. But right. now- we actually are going to have it worse. Yeah. So that part, not good. Now, where did the uh, stocks go in that period? Well, um, the flu, actually, that Spanish flu did bring down stocks 26% over that year versus World War II, which overall was worse for the economy uh, worldwide, only brought it down 19%. Now, I know I'm just throwing out numbers and people are like, well, what does that impact? Well, at the time, I don't know. I, I did not look this part up, but I'm guessing there were very few people involved in the stock market. Would I not be correct? Probably in 19, 18, 19, I would doubt there was a large percentage of people in the stock market. Probably less than today. I don't know for Way sure, less. but less than today. Yeah. Way would, less. Again, the economy was so different. The, the, yes. Everything was different in that regard. Okay. So let's, let's take a break from this for a minute. Okay. Let's, let's okay. think about, uh, some good things. Uh, okay. And I found nothing good. Sorry. I, I tried to take a break to find something oh good. And that was I, a positive break and it didn't work. It did not work, but Hey, here's something. Let's feel good about uh, what do we call this? Flattening the curve. 
there were uh, basically everything was local governments in 1918. The president had power to run a world war, but he didn't really have a much power for local governments. Local governments really ran themselves. Mayors were incredibly powerful at that time and governors to a certain extent. And the two cities that were struggling the most during the uh, 1918 pandemic were New York City, not a big surprise, very similar to some of the issues that go on now. They're just uh, this mass of people and it's hard to stop a spread because if it two gives to makes four and four makes eight and you got all those people, I'm not a good at math. What, what do you think happens there, Pete? Uh, it just uh, has to do with exponential growth. It just uh, keeps compounding. Right. It's and that's problem. good. Like when you're, in you're, don't you usually like, isn't that something you'd be like during a, a normal period of time, you'd be talking about comp- compounding and how you good want money to compound. Is? Yeah. You just don't want a virus to compound. Yeah. Right. Right. So here we go. 1918. President of the United States will not even discuss the pandemic. He won't even mention it that it's happening. There's no influenza. He doesn't, he didn't bring it up. He's not doing daily press conferences. So if you're feeling okay. some people do not like the president, I'm not gonna we we don't get too political here, but I, I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people, whatever it is, 50, 49, 48, 70, whatever, Polar, do not yeah. like the president. Polarizing guy. Right. Sure. He's better on this subject than Woodrow Wilson. So there you go. Woodrow Wilson said nothing. He didn't. He had Dr. Pepper there and Mr. Pibb, though. He didn't have Dr. Fauci to kind of, hey, pump How was he considered the top 10 or 11 presidents of all time oh, if my gosh. he didn't say I, anything about it? Well, that might speak to how many bad presidents we've had. That might speak to that, okay? Um, I think... Woodrow Wilson created the League of Nations and did a lot of uh, important things. Was Superman and Batman in the League of Nations? They were um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Uh, I knew. Who, I thought the fourth one was Aquaman. Thank you. He really was very rare. He only made a rare appearance, you know. Okay. Thank you. So 1918, New York City is in a terrible straits. Philadelphia uh, is just, it's just frightening. In 1918, during the pandemic, Philadelphia's city morgue had as many as 10 times bodies versus coffins. So they had 10 times as many bodies as coffins at times during that period. Businesses um, really had to shut down, of course, because it just it, it was that was the, the epicenter in the United States of death. And of course, Philadelphia and New York City at that time were you know, Los Angeles wasn't important then. San Francisco really wasn't very important. I mean, they, they were the two probably most important cities in the United States. I think Philadelphia at the time was the third biggest city in the United States, maybe next to Chicago. It was just heartbreaking what was going on. And the mayor, who didn't really have a lot of information in Philadelphia, decides to have a big war parade. 300,000 people show up for this parade. Fancy that after this, the explosion happens of the pandemic flu. Wait, wait, wait. So there was a parade during this time, which then got everyone infected. And then that became the bigger problem. 
that became the bigger problem because as uh, I stated not so eloquently, the first part happens in the spring of 1918. It kind of quells. They have a big parade in the summer. Things look okay, but you know, a lot of doctors were in that were in Philadelphia that had some knowledge and, and other experts, scientists were saying, do not get people together. This is coming back and it's going to come back even harder. There was no vaccine. There was none any of that. We have to be prepared for these things. Um, we can't get overwhelmed about it. But don't go to a parade. I think I don't I yeah. haven't heard anybody. I have not even heard Geraldo Rivera tell people to go to a parade. I don't know if you heard Geraldo Rivera told people, if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds, you should be oh. okay. <laughs> I, oh, I think I've got everything then because I can't. I'm on that sort of shape. I did hear, though, uh, seriously, mm -hmm. that when everything does recover, people can go back to work and go to restaurants and all that. Right. But some people are like, still don't go to a mass sporting event. Right. I, I legitimately heard that. And I thought right at the time when the NFL will be coming back, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem great. Don't you think they'll you know? just play the games and um, yeah, I'm fine a with lot that. of attendance? You know, I think already the uh, soccer, there's some soccer leagues in Europe right during the, the pandemic. I mean, it's exploding much worse there, it appears. They're talking about, you know, playing like soon. Like, hey, we need to do this to create some uh, positive feelings among people. And we're, I don't know if they're the, you know, the test tube monkeys in the, uh, in the field of play, is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I feel like we could find other things to gamble on. I don't know. Can I can I ask a dumb question that's not related to any of this? Please. So how are all these NFL contracts, which are currently being signed, like what happens when the collective, collective bargaining agreement goes away and the TV deal is done because attendance is going to be down so much? How are they going to pay all these contracts? Because isn't revenue going to be down for the league significantly? I would say that speaks so much to how the attendance doesn't mean that much. Like when the NBA yeah, initially was thinking, they were thinking that they were going to continue to play through. And, uh, and I know uh, Adam Silver has been kind of out front saying we could really lose about 10 of these games. And I think everybody would be fine on that. We'd lose a little bit of money, but the quality of the product would be better. I do think that really speaks to it. I think, you know, obviously a lot of people are losing their jobs in the peripheral, you know, people that work in stadiums and it's all over. Look, uh, I don't know your, uh, your co-host here, Scott Long, uh, his calendar has been wiped. Like, uh, I have like, um, it was just like, uh, when you shake, what was those things? Those, uh, spirographs. That's just sketch. Yeah. That's just sketch. Yeah. And you just like would shake it. That's, it's basically a shake it like a Polaroid camera and everything's gone. And uh, yeah. my, my, uh, my, my kids, uh, they don't know how to handle it. Uh, Cause I, mm. I tell them, I, I should know. There we go. That's a good question. If somebody yeah. loses their work and they're not quite sure when it's going to come back, should they share that with children that are, uh, let's say over 10, let's say over 10. Should they share it with people over 10 or not? I don't and know, well, man. I, I've been trying, I've been trying to explain the pandemic to a, an 11 year old and a eight year old. And that's not going very well. I can't imagine. How do you explain job loss to 
or temporary job loss, like, you know, indefinite, yeah. temporary, like there's no, how do you do that? What do you say? Well, it's, it's my children's birthday, right? I, I just finished the birthday party and I, that's how dedicated so you, I am to this podcast. And they, they make a wish, right? You make a wish before. And, uh, my, my daughter, uh, well, first, uh, my son, I said, okay, now keep your wishes to yourself. But if you want to tell dad afterwards, you can whisper them to him. And they, they like to do that. So my daughter, uh, they're twins, 12, just turned 12. Mallory, she says, I wish that you're, you're, you'd get your jobs back, dad. I mean, how sweet oh, is that? Huh? And my, my son goes, um, I wish that I would get that phone that I was going to get, but I didn't get because you didn't have a job. So I guess they were kind of saying the same thing. Same thing. Kind of, but it's just a little different uh, version of it. Uh, <laughs> what a kick to the nuts. My, yeah, my yeah. son today, he, he goes, he goes, Dad, I always wondered what you did at work. And now that we work here together, he goes, you don't do much. <laughs> you, do, you don't do much. Is is your it's son so like? Your uh, does it sound like Bernie Sanders a little bit? I don't. I don't know if you heard. No, that. he's you know he's working on his his letter pronunciation. So I'm okay. just trying to be be accurate. Okay, I like it. I love your son. Your son's great. Okay, and he is the he's eight year old. He is the eight year old that right. thinks I don't do anything. Yeah, it's weird. I kind of am not doing anything right now, but I I, I am, but I'm not. I, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just you know. It's kind of a weird sensibility that I, I'm going through. I've done this job uh, comedy for like 28 years and came up with my own T-shirt that I'm hoping that it's going to be a big seller. Of putting it up. What does uh, it say? Um, so it says it has a Purell bottle on it. Okay. But instead of Purell, I wanted to go wacky packages. I I wrote pure hell, pure hell. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's spelled. Uh, sanitized for your pleasure. That's what the bottle says. And uh, it's coronavirus 2020. Those will be up uh, soon. And uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm basically to, putting, that's, 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 yeah. my, that's my economic future from now on. It's just this What do you think the, the over and under on deaths are before that t-shirt is just in poor taste? Right? Like if, if yeah. like less than a million people die or people like, oh, that shirt, man. But if more than a million people die out, people are like, mm -hmm. I am never going to any of your shows ever again. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's the risk you kind of have to take. Uh, that's kind of been my whole that's, – that's every joke I write. I always put that under that scale. Let's say a million or more people die because of the joke that I just wrote. Shut your mouth, Pete. Come on. We got to move Sorry. past that. Come on. I'm a comedian. I can't, I can't overthink the, everything. The Spanish flu is back. <laughs> All right, so I'm in Philadelphia, and I just had a cheesesteak, and there were all these soldiers all over the streets, and I came up to them, and I breathed in their mouth, and I said, hey, soldier, can I play with you? And I killed them all. I'm done. Sorry. I have come to love the Spanish flu uh, voice. I, I love it. Uh, thank you for bringing that, by the way. And 
here's uh, you know, since I I've been kind of hit or miss, mostly miss on trying to make people feel better about 1918 versus this particular coronavirus. Okay, let's 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 rethink the facts here. Okay, forty million people are not going to die. Okay, we're doing a pretty good job. We could do better, but overall, most of us are uh, doing pretty well. The, the, some of us still have sand in our the crack of our swimsuits. Uh, that's a different uh, person, probably not listening to this podcast. Here's something to feel good about, though. Here, here, here you go. Okay, this is bad for 1918. Great for the Spanish flu. The average person who was dying from it were fifty uh, percent of them were twenty to thirty nine years old. That's who was dying, and so th- that's like that was like seventy five percent of the prime age workers. And uh, we did try to discuss that a little bit last time. If you want to just look at the cold hard facts, that did definitely help our uh, unemployment figures because. So many people were dying that were workers. It's always really difficult. Uh, the numbers on the Spanish flu, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's some people say 20 million died and some people have said, I've read things where it was a hundred million. It's just like, there was no accuracy at the time. And then you also think about there was a world war one. Are you going to say everyone who died, you know, at world war one died because of the Spanish flu when they got back or were there other complications, but it was, it was just totally traumatic on almost every level. I think the biggest difference that I could quell from everything that I pulled out of the depths of the internet. Yes. I think they took it less hard than we do now, even though there was way more deaths because their life sucked. Their life sucked anyway. They you know, people were having nine kids and two would die during childbirth. It was just like, okay, well, that happens. You know, the people that were older at this point, the the workforce was almost all industrial revolution. They had changed from a farming agrarian kind of economy. And during the agrarian economy, a guy that was 65 could still work on the farm and do a pretty good yeah. job, but they couldn't keep up with the fast pace of, you know, the assembly line factory work. So, so many older people just were, they, they, they were hoping to die. Some of them, that's where we were as a society. So do you think is the society better then or now? I, I question that it was any better than than now. I just think we have it so much better than that point. Our quality of life is so much better. And if you know what's going on there, you can feel a little better about your life right now. That's my kind of a strange kind of a remedy for where we're at. It could be 1918. You Thoughts? know, I think about that though. The The guy who's 65 now though has to try to navigate a zoom meeting. You know, it's a little more complicated for him. He's, he's, you know, looking in the wrong camera. Yeah. He is muted the entire time. How does zoom make he's their talking. money? Uh, monthly. Well, not all Zoom calls are free. I think if you have certain teams and functionalities, you have to pay. We pay. We use GoToMeeting. I don't. Yes, I'm not I've sure what them. we pay them, but we pay them a lot. But why don't you use Zoom? Uh, you they just got to pick free. one and ride. Why don't you drive a Ford, Scott? 
It's not free. If it was free, I'd drive a Ford. Not all Zoom is free. I think, you know, there's basic Zoom. It's the freemium model. Everyone knows this. Okay, yeah, because when I'm when I'm going through this and I'm just everybody seems to be on Zoom and all the educational people are on Zoom and I'm like, wow, it seems like there's a lot of money and a lot of uh what they're giving versus what they're receiving doesn't seem fair to Zoom. That's why I'm like, uh you ever have that with a product like where you're using it up so much, you're like, that doesn't seem fair that they are not making more like Pornhub. They just, you know, they, the people that work there, they don't seem to make enough money. I will tell you this zoom one month ago. Okay. Hold on. Here we go. Mm, one I month ago it was trading at, uh, $97 and 80 cents a share. Okay. One. So this was on February 24th today. Uh, it ended a little bit down today. Uh, it ended at one thirty-five eighteen, but it peaked at one fifty-nine yesterday. So it actually fell fifteen percent today. I wonder if that's people thought that this thing is ending, so then Zoom went down, which doesn't mm. make any sense because no. this thing's not ending anytime soon. Uh, Digging into the data—that's data with Peter. I love that. I love that, and I'm and makes me feel good for Zoom because I'm a I'm I'm a fan, and my uh, especially my daughter has a disability. She gets on these Zoom calls, and she's trapped in her home. Very similar to someone who is elderly. Uh, can Can I tell my story about uh, helping someone that is elderly uh, get some goods? Maybe this would be a nice thing. Oh, did you sell drugs to an elderly person? You said goods like it was a euphemism for drugs. Yeah, there's no euphemisms, buddy. Direction. We live in the world of everything we need to take exactly the way it's spoken. There's no okay, urban well, go dictionary ahead. Tell me story. or anything. So, Tell me uh, about giving an old lady the goods. Okay. I'm helping these uh, people. Uh, the man is almost 80, and he's had two major, major surgeries in the past year. His wife is... Um, She's in the, I wouldn't say early signs, a little past the early stages of dementia. This is what's going on with them in their house. Great people. Oh, now I'm at, uh, he, yeah. yeah, you're a jerk. So uh, I'm, I, I I, I'm decided. Say, Here I come. But I decided not to. Thank you. See? <laughs> so I'm helping uh, them. I'm a good guy. Yeah. Okay. You tell your story after this. I go. Uh, to the grocery to get them some goods because I'm like, you're not leaving your house, okay? You cannot leave your house. He's basically taken care of her almost his whole life, okay, ever, ever since they met back in their early 20s. I mean, he's definitely been that person. Great guy. And uh, there's a list of things that I have to buy at the CBS or Walgreens. You know, I'm, you know, whoever wants to sponsor this, they can go on. I'll, I'll say whoever. Uh, it could be far more. Do you remember Farmore? That would be a good. Uh, uh, I do. I do remember Farmore. Yeah, that was we should. That was yeah, when we remember good. the show is about Phil. Yes, business. we're gonna get back to that. Okay, I go, good. Keep going. go, and I buy all these products that I really never ever wanted to buy, and I really hope I don't have to buy them again. But I probably will in my own life in about twenty five years. Five years, yeah, five years. Five years. <laughs> Shut up. So the other thing. Um, this guy asked for is, Hey, I've been buying the same lottery numbers for like 25 years. Could, 
could you could you go and pick those up? You don't have to, but if you don't mind, I'm like, I would be glad to. So I go to the convenience store and I've never I I don't I don't buy lottery this tickets. This is a true story, by the this way. This is all true. Okay, because it it's starting to become implausible if it goes the way I think it's gonna go. No, it's not. You'll never guess okay. the way it goes. It's kind of beautiful. Okay. Like Putting pressure on myself, but I believe in it. So the story goes, I'm at the convenience store. I asked the guy working by the counter. He's like 32, uh, long beard, kind of long hair. And I ask him, hey, uh, where do I get the lottery tickets uh, that I got to put the numbers in? And he's like, they're over there. He's not happy right away. And just I can tell he's not happy. Uh, And if you've not filled those out, they're kind of like when you used to pick major league baseball players at like a a live game where you'd punch them out, but instead you, you circle. Okay. A lot of people have bought lottery tickets. I know they know this. I I had not done that. I've only done quick pick. So I've never done this. So this is all news. Yeah. You do fill out the numbers yourself, like on a, like if you're doing an uh, an SAT test, but you know, they, okay. And then they put it through the computer. So I'm like, Hey man, here they are. Uh, you know, hopefully I did this right. He's like, yeah, there's nobody there at the convenience store. And I never would have held up any lines. Cause I hate, hate, hate when I get behind somebody at a convenience store and they're buying lottery tickets and chew and cigarettes and whatever else is behind the counter. I guess I do it right. And then at that time, I'm like, oh, shoot, he wants to buy the next like five draws. And I sure don't want to have to come out and do this every week or every three or four days. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I need you to do uh, uh, like five, the next five or six draws. And he's like, oh, I'm doing a really good impression of him. I feel like I'm so he's worked there a while. I know he has, and he doesn't know. He's like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, man, well, can you try? Yeah. So he tries. He It takes him a couple minutes, but he does get him in. He's like, yeah, I got it. I hate the lottery. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, I pay him the money, and I'm like, can I ask how old you are? And he's like, 32. And I'm like, can I tell you a story about me? At 32, I hated the lottery. I hated it so much it was really weird because my wife worked at the lottery. That's all huh. true too. So I like their money that they would give back to us, but I just, I hate the whole concept of the lottery. Peter, can you give people like a 20 second on maybe why the lottery is not the best economic decision? Because typically people on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale who don't have as much discretionary income choose an inordinate amount of income to spend on this tool that keeps the wealth gap wide. Mm, You nailed it. I think you got like 18, 19 seconds on that. You are a master. I will share about this. Uh, The guy was spending $2 every draw. I think that's worth it, right? That's probably okay. And I'm like, okay, so that's how I felt at 32, man, who works behind the counter. That's very uh, belligerent about having to do this. I'm like, I get it. I'm going to tell you right now, the guy that I bought this for is a wonderful guy. He's taking care of his wife. He can't go out and buy these tickets because he's had two major surgeries. Right now, these lottery tickets are the closest thing he can get a boner for in life in any way. And the guy, the guy comes back at me with, dude, I get it. 
And I'm like, well, I hope you do. And he's like, no, no, I get it, dude. And you know what kind of sold it to me? And uh, he's, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to know. He's like, when you said he's trying, that's the only thing that he could get a boner in life for. Cause that's what I would have said. That's how I would have put it. And by me being kind of frank in my language and like observing yeah. who I'm talking with, I can made a connection and he understood and he realized in that moment, doesn't mean I have to like the lottery, but there maybe are some people that need that. And if I could close our show with that, and that would be, I hope in these trying times, there's a way that you can find something in life to get a boner for. Uh, and that's not a misogynistic thing. If you're a woman or a man, I hope you can find it any way you can. All I can think about is now I'm going to have to put an explicit label on this podcast. Do I have to? Is that really boner? Is that really? We'll I don't know. see. <laughs> I All would right, just, everybody. Yeah. I, hey, thank you, Pete, for giving me a little of your time. I appreciate it. Dr. Fauci's on the other line. I've got to do another podcast with him and the Cuomo brothers. Uh, so Scott, it was my, my deepest, deepest pleasure to spend these few minutes with you. Um, I wish everyone the best here on It Might Work. And uh, please go to scottcomedy.com. It's this might work. It's, it's, it's this might no, it's work. No, it might work. No, I it think might it's, work. it's this, this might, might work. work. It's this might work. <laughs> this might work. Go to scottcomedy.com sometime in the spring or summer when we can all get back together again. Post and then again in the fall. Uh, and what if your career came again on Easter? Like if it if it like rose on it Easter, does. you did like Easter show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's What's okay. The deal with bloody rabbits. Yeah. Well, I think both things are make believe. That all right, Scott. Scott. Scott <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to be starting to do a new podcast with the 1918 Spanish flu voice. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I can see that coming down the uh, podcast pike. Thanks, Pete. Thank you, Scott. Bye, everybody.